Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to episode 16 of the Leadership Lessons Podcast. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, and today I'm excited to talk to you about Sabbaths. That's right, a Sabbath day, a practice of a 24-hour period where you're resting and delighting in God's grace and not working, but really contemplating God, worshiping Him, enjoying Him, and just taking a break. Do you ever find this to be hard for you uh, as ministry leader? Uh, man, you know what? It is crazy how many people I've talked to recently that are just struggling with taking time off. They feel overwhelmed. Uh, they have so much on their plate. Uh, typically, when you actually ask someone, hey, how you doing? Their response is, I'm busy. Uh, people are just busy and they're overwhelmed and the pressure is intense. And yet God in his grace and his kindness commands a Sabbath, a day of rest. And he gives us his principle in creation and tells us to do it for our refreshment. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. Not only giving you two leadership lessons myself, because this subject is really uh, important to me, but I have a couple of interviews as well. And uh, one piece of advice video by Markin, uh, an elder and local leader here in our area about longevity in ministry. And he's actually a psychiatrist, just wrote a new book uh, and about um trauma stories, uh, finding healing and, and discovering healing in your vulnerability vulnerabilities. And I interviewed him about his book, but in this section of this interview, I asked him just about emotional health and, um, you know, his take on how important rest is and Sabbathing. I also have an interview in this episode with Esteban Valenzuela. He is a church planner pastor uh, that we support in Madrid, Spain, uh, and just recently was able to um, have his own sabbatical, a four month sabbatical that we coached him in and helped him through. Uh, and I wanted to get his perspective on what a long term uh, rest was, a sabbatical. Uh, this issue of Sabbath day has just been a, a game changer, a life changer for me. I've been practicing the Sabbath for now 20 years as serving as a pastor and just in ministry consistently. And um, I want to do an episode on sabbaticals. I've taken my first sabbatical and in the recent years. I've coached a few people. I've had a few good friends take sabbaticals and helping people and resourcing them and just um, coaching them, talking them through leadership teams, elders, just the biblical framework. But I think even before we take in a sabbatical, right? People say, I wish I had, you know, two months off or three months off. Well, you actually have 52 days off a year with a Sabbath. I think we need to understand what a Sabbath and a sabbatical is. A sabbatical is just like a Sabbath on steroids. It's just a longer extended time. Um, but we need to start with just, hey, God graced us for every seven days to take a day off, to rest, to stop work, to enjoy him and to Sabbath. And I just want to give you to start off this episode, uh, just resources. And these are just a few books that have I studied as I've studied, uh, they've been a blessing to me. And so I have 10 books that I'm going to read off to you uh, that and just give you a little synopsis of just the, if you want to do more of an in-depth study on the Sabbath and you're like, where do I even start? Well, first off, we're going to start with scripture. And that's why I'm going to give you two uh, lessons today. One on the importance of the Sabbath. Um, and then also some practical tips of how to practice a Sabbath um, that I've come to found out sort of a framework that has helped me. So some tips and practical things. But um, I wanted to give you, sorry, I'm just fixing my camera for the lighting. I wanted to give you um, uh, some practical resources and 10 books for you to just dive deep and maybe give you a little quick synopsis of them. Uh, first, the first book that really 
really encouraged me uh, was years back um, by Pete Scazzaro, the emotional healthy leader. Okay. The emotional healthy leader. Uh, this book is how a transforming your inner life will trans deeply transform the church, the team and the world. Um, and he has a great chapter on the Sabbath. I believe it's chapter, uh, six and really does a fantastic job of describing it. We'll get more into his definition of the Sabbath, but I think that it, it starts with the inner transformational work that the Holy spirit wants to do in your life to actually trust him to be God, to rest in him and to take a day off. Uh, another chapter or a couple of chapters about the Sabbath that were really helpful to me and really good was a, uh, by a guy named John Mark Comer on this book called Garden City. Garden City. Okay. Uh, it's work, rest, and the art of being human. And he just talks about the necessity of what it means to be human and um, how God is getting us to a place of embracing our humanity and trusting to him be God, not us. And so Garden City is about the Garden of Eden, but also the garden that's to come, the hope that we have of heaven awesome book on all of that. Uh, another book by John Mark Comer uh, is very popular now, The Ruthless uh, Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, this is a book that tackles a couple of practices like simplicity, like Sabbath. Um, it just talks about a couple of things to eliminate hurry. And he does, again, a very, very good job of showing you how being rushed and um, you know, he's a Dallas Willard disciple, really. And he's able to break down Dallas Willard's hard principles into practical everyday language today. Uh, and he does a great job of that key phrase from Dallas Willard, like, like the, the craziest thing that, that leaders deal with and that can eat their soul up is just to be hurried. So how do we slow down? How do we simplify our lives? How do we practice Sabbath, trust in God, rest in him? Uh, awesome book by John Mark Comer. Um, on the Sabbath and principles like that. Uh, no particular order. And I got 10 of them for you. Uh, another book by Ruth Haley Barton, Invitation to Retreat. Invitation to Retreat. I love the subtitle, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God. I think you need to understand the importance of uh, your walk with the Lord of getting away with him, retreating and how he invites us to do this. And so, um, she actually has a lot of great at the end of her chapter practices at that book to contemplate God, to, to pray with God, to spend time with God. Um, we need to have that as church leaders, as ministry leaders to practice. And I find in the Sabbath on a rhythm to actually pursue Jesus. You need that. Uh, you need time to do that. And that's what the Sabbath is. It's a specific time uh, and it's a holy time set apart to seek Jesus. And so she does a great job giving you sort of permission to stop, to rest, to biblically see the Sabbath in that way. Uh, now this is a classic book. It's not about the Sabbath practice, but I think it actually is important as you embrace the Sabbath. This is a classic J. Oswald Sanders. Okay. Enjoying intimacy with God. Because again, I think that you have to actually, um, you actually have to know how important it is to actually have intimacy with the Lord. And when you Sabbath, it gives you a rhythm or an intentional way for you to seek Jesus uh, and let ministry be an overflow of your heart. Um, back to the specific topic of Sabbath is a guy named A.J. Sabota. Uh, in The Surprising Power of Rest in a Nonstop World, he wrote a book called Subversive Sabbath. Subversive Sabbath. 
love this book and I love the the title it's subversive it's like it's a proactive against the world and their call of demands and how Jesus says well you come and you rest and just shows you how this is the Sabbath is a sign and uh, just a brilliant guy does a couple other things but I really like this book in the way that he addresses it goes against the world culture there's another small book Wayne Brudigman I hope I pronounced that right. Wayne Brugeman. Uh, these are all books just on my bookshelf back here because I did an in-depth study uh, on the Sabbath and sabbaticals. I have another five or 10 books on the sabbaticals as well. Um, just because I, as I was taking my first sabbatical, I really wanted to understand and to know biblically. And he wrote this book, Walter uh, Brugeman. Uh, it's called Sabbath as Resistance. Sabbath as resistance. Again, that idea, it's the subtitle is saying no to the culture of now. Everyone's busy. Everyone's doing this, has demands, but, but what, what do we, what do we say no to good things? So we can say yes to God things. And the Sabbath is one where we resist the culture of the world and we just stop and we trust God and his word. And we practice that practicing a Sabbath. Um, another great book that addresses the Sabbath and even with dealing with burnt out is a guy named Wayne Cadero leading on empty so good book. Uh, Wayne Cadero, Leading on Empty. Um, don't let burnout get the best of you, he says. And it's really refilling your tank and renewing your passion. And what do you do with that? How do we find rest? What happens if you don't take Sabbath and you're already on the, the verge of burning out? How would, how would you fill your cup? Because again, Sabbath practicing is not just stopping, but it's actually receiving God's grace from the Lord. And you need to do that. Uh, another great book about receiving, especially if you're on the burnt out side, dealing with Sabbath and rest and taking in is, um, this is just another great book, Replenish by Lance Witt. Uh, the title is Leading with a Healthy Soul. Leading with a Healthy Soul. It's just such a good book. Very practical. Lance gives a lot of small chapters. Great to go with through a team or another pastor. Uh, just simple daily devotional even. A lot of small broken down chapters. How do you replenish your soul? And that's what the Sabbath is all about. Replenishing your soul. Refreshing you. Giving you time with God. Uh, highly recommend that book. And then my last book to recommend to you is a guy by a, a, a actual a Hebrew Jewish rabbi, Abraham Joshua Herschel, and it's just called the Sabbath. Again, these all different perspectives on the Sabbath day, on refreshment, on renewal, scriptural thing. I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Uh, this guy is, um, man, he he just gives you sort of a little bit more context of the Jewish uh context of the Sabbath um, and just does a, a great job. And there's some great quotes and all these things. And so uh, I'm planning to write a book on sabbaticals, on Sabbath, on those type of things. But right now I have uh, teenage kids and life is busy and I would much rather practice the Sabbath and not write a book than do too much. And so before I write this book on the sabbaticals and Sabbath, um, I actually need to uh, apply it and just be patient trust God and his timing. And I'll get to that. And I'll probably quote all these books and more, but I wanted to give you a resource for that because I think it's just so important. And those really have helped me. And so I want to start off our time together with a leadership lesson on just the importance of a Sabbath, the importance of the Sabbath. And I'm reminded of this, uh, this week and why I even am talking about this subject on episode, uh, number 16 is because man, I was teaching through Exodus 31 and just reminded how important it is to, to God that he wants his workers, us, you and I, church leaders, to literally practice a Sabbath and to enjoy his grace. Uh, in the first 
section of that chapter, chapter 31, verse 1 through 11, God really appoints leaders and he appoints these guys to build the tabernacle. And it says he fills them with the spirit of God and empowers them. Uh, It's a means of his grace. I want you to know that you can be empowered by God's spirit to do God's work. And he wants us to be filled with the spirit, to be empowered, to do the things that he's called us to do. And we sort of know this. We have this ambition and this uh, godly ambition to to do the things he's called us to do and to lead and to shepherd and to teach the word and to disciple and to be on mission. And, and it's so important and so vital that we're filled with the Holy spirit. Uh, the God, the Bible says over and over and over again. But what I find interesting is right after this great instruction from the tabernacle, Exodus 24 through 31, a huge long list of to do the list. That's super important. And God fills them with the spirit. He tells them to rest to Sabbath. Like again, in verses 12 through 18, at the end of the chapter, God reminds them to rest as well, that the work that they're doing is holy and the Sabbath is a sign of his grace. We, we understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift of God's grace to do the work, but so is the Sabbath to actually get the work done and to realize what we're doing is so holy in the midst of telling them to work and how important it is and to build all these different things and the, the furnishings of the tabernacle, tent of meeting and the, the bronze and the silver and the gold and all the, the priest clothes. Like it was so daunting, so crazy. He wanted them to Shabbat. It's the Hebrew word of Sabbath. It means literally to stop and to make sure that their identity was in him and what he was doing and to practice the means of grace by feeling filled with the spirit to do the work, but also to practice the Sabbath to show people that it was God's grace that was going to get them to do this work, get them through. You see that word Shabbat is to stop, but it also means to rest and to worship. Uh, Pete Scazzaro in that book that I just recommended, Emotionally Healthy Leader, it has a wonderful chapter on the Sabbath and it actually gives a great definition that I've learned to embrace. And I'll actually talk about this on the my next section about how to uh, practical tips and how to actually implement it in your life. But he gives a great definition that I've learned to embrace. He says, Sabbath is a 24 hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest and practice delight and contemplate God. The idea is we're to stop, we're to rest, we're to delight in God's grace and we're to worship. And this is all by God's grace. Sabbath tells us to stop work and to lighten God's grace so much so that in verse 17 of that chapter, God did it himself and it said he found refreshment. He was refreshed and found rest. God commands us and gives us this command of Sabbath to actually help us to find refreshment, to be full of rest. It's so important that in this chapter, he goes back how he established it in the fabric of creation. And he practiced this on the seventh day when he made the heavens and the earth, Genesis chapter one, the seventh day he practiced this. We know it's important and he commands it because he puts the Sabbath practice, this discipline, this order in Exodus 19 verses eight through 11 in the 10 commandments. It's he, God wants us to notice the practice of the Sabbath is important for our souls You see, God in his wisdom knows something so much about us and our tendency to misplace our own identity, our own strength, our own ability and what we can do and not lean on his grace. We misplace his grace and we work, 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 work. And God says, but it's by my grace. I give you the spirit to do it. And it's by my grace that I care about you and want you to not have your identity and doing 24 seven in the work that I've called you to do because the greatest work is just worshiping me. 
we we can lose that as church workers man it's it's so appropriate and kind for god to bring up this issue of rest again right after he gives the people this great calling of work so many people they want to just just go 24 7 be burned out god gave me this great task i don't got time to to stop to rest to enjoy his grace well hold on exodus 31 shows us something different because god knows the great temptation that we have to overwork and to rely on our own abilities and our own strength so he says be filled with my spirit but he also says, so practice the Sabbath. You see, we may never say this, but when we practice the Sabbath and we work all the time, we actually act and as if we're God. We would never say that we're God and everything depends on us. But listen, when you actually function in a way where you're working 24 seven, even in the name of things that God has called us to do, right? God called me to this. I believe God calls you to do it. But there is a way that he wants to accomplish his work. It's a means of his grace. And listen, in this text, they're getting tasked to build the tabernacle. And we may not be tasked to build a tabernacle. We may be called to be a missionary, to plant a church, to be a mom or a dad, or to provide finances and work for our family. But how often do we need God to remind us how to do the things he's called us to do? These intentions are good to get the job done, but they could so easily slip into an idol that our identity is in what we do and not who we are. We can actually rely on ourselves, our own effort too much, pretending as if it's all up to us and we're actually God. But the Bible says we are not. This is why Pete Scazzaro continued to go on and said, hey, work requires something of us. It depletes our energies, our wisdom, our resources. If we don't allow our soul, he says, to rest, we do violence to ourselves. Have you ever thought about violence to your soul? You literally bringing violence into your soul because you're so busy, you're so at it, you're so passionate, but yet you're not obeying the things that God's called you to do and how he does it. We know the great consequences there are when we have a great mission, but don't do it in the means of God's grace or do it the way he wants. Like being loving in how we make disciples. It's important how we do things. And this is a sign of God's grace when we practice Sabbath, that we are trusting God is God and ministry is an overflow of our heart. As I abide in him, I'll bear fruit. And I need to not do violence to my soul and deplete myself, but I need to trust God to be God. And he's sovereign and in control. And he tells me to rest and it not all on me and my way and my shoulder, my own ability. Pete Scazzaro goes on in that book. Um, and says a lot more good things I'd highly recommend, but he's not the only leader that has this idea about being violent for your soul and practicing Sabbath. Uh, Wayne Kadaro, who wrote a book about being burnt out and how do you lead on being empty? He said, life doesn't work when we are constantly busy over time. Our spiritual and emotional reserves get depleted. And when we, we are depleted, we lose our way. He also says too much noise and too much activity can actually be toxic for our souls man we need rest and god even made our bodies to rest to remind us you know we sleep every night it's important it's a hint that we're human that in order for us to have energy we need to stop there's rhythms there's patterns it's embedded in our humanity embedded in creation just as we sleep we need the sabbath 
Because the Sabbath ultimately is finding our rest in Christ, in Jesus, trusting that he is God and we are not, and we're abiding in him and taking our time, not just to stop work, but man, to delight in God's grace and to contemplate or to worship the Lord. I like what Mother Teresa said. She said to keep a lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. And you know what? When we practice the Sabbath, it allows me to have a weekly rhythm to do this to stop work, to just rest in God and my identity that he is God and I am not, to delight in God's grace and goodness and to, to practice worshiping Jesus, to fill my cup of overflowing. It's a very practical and impactful thing that goes against our culture. And that's why in, in his book, uh, Sabbath Resist, Sabbath Out of Resistance, Wayne Brigham uh, saying no to culture says, people who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. This is what I've found. When I practice the Sabbath, I, I keep the days differently. My, my life is changed. I, 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 I find myself abiding in Christ and it affects my entire week. I found this to be so true. When I'm regularly and intentionally worship Jesus on the Sabbath, it affects my whole week and impacts my whole life. Maybe this is why Pete, uh, Pastor Wayne Cadero continues on in his book, Leading Empty, and says, Living intentional must become intent, uh, living well must become intentional. Sabbaths and sabbaticals are biblically designed to increase our fruitfulness and deepen our faith along the way. Probably didn't think about that, did you? That actually stopping helps, that resting is actually a way to give us energy, to strengthen us to pause and to make sure we're focusing on Jesus. You see, not practicing a Sabbath and continually working, it not only depletes our energies, but it can actually trick our soul when we never experience and rely on the grace of a Sabbath. We can lose our identities. That's right. We could think it's all up to us, that we are God, that we would, that we, that if we don't work, it's, then it's not going to take place. That what we do is more important than who we are. That we're beloved children of God and we need God's grace and we need him to be God. And we see this biblically that people get caught up in this. Church leaders like Martha and Mary, friends of Jesus, Luke chapter 10, Martha's so busy. She's working. She's complaining. It's affecting her relationship with, with Mary and other people. And, and Jesus just sort of rebukes her gently like, hey, you know, Mary's doing a good thing. It's the best part. It can't be taken away. I don't know about you, but I, I think about that. I want to be a Christian more than I want to be a pastor or a church leader. I want to worship the good part of sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he tells me this is in part of my role as a church leader, as an example to others, as an elder, I need to have a solid abiding relationship with Christ to bear fruit. So I need to stop being so busy and never forget that I am the mission of Christ, that I need to respond to Jesus, that my work is worship and it takes faith for me to stop. And that's a part of my worship to the Lord, to just stop every seventh day and to abide in him, to enjoy his presence and just to sit at his feet, to contemplate his goodness and what he has said and his word and to sit like Mary. We need to be reminded that all spiritual blessings are found in Christ already. We just have to believe him. In Christ, we are declared righteous and re have resurrection life and no longer slaves of sin, a new creation reconciled to God, are holy and, holy and blameless, called a saint, that we are adopted in the family of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Our sins are forgiven. I mean, we are what we are. What does Paul say for, uh, for 1 Corinthians 15, 10? We are who we are by the grace of God. 
And if I'm not practicing the grace of God, resting in the grace of God, and just doing, 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 I can actually trick my mind and forget about the grace of God. We need the grace of God. From grace to grace, man. You need the favor and the the goodness of God in your life and to be reminded of this. And God says, so Sabbath, take time. God reminds them not only to work, but to rest, to practice the Sabbath, to have this rhythm of rest and worship. And he says, this will be the sign of my grace. Not that just I fill you with the spirit, but that in a world who finds their identity and their by performance and doing, I want them to see my grace lived out in you. So stop every seventh day. Rest. As we trust God by practicing the Sabbath, it is an outward sign to us and the world that God is gracious. I know you believe it. I know that you love it, but will you embrace it? Sometimes receiving God's grace and favor and love from people is so hard, but that's how you receive grace. God wants you to receive the Sabbath. Not as that you have to, but he's commanding because he loves you and he wants to spend time with you and he invites you. All who are heavy laden, he will give rest. For his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So are you going to Jesus? Are you finding your Sabbath rest in him? Are you intentionally taking time? The Bible says the Sabbath is holy, taking that time and he'll actually multiply the manna as you rest in him. I know you got a big to-do list, but it will be more effective if you worship the Lord and ministry is an overflow of your heart. And the Sabbath is one of the best ways you can witness to the world by resting in a busy culture that Christ is Christ and grace is grace. It's an outward sign of the faith that you have that you are not God. He is, and you can rest in him and he He's going to do the work in and through you as you love, as you worship, as you serve God, ministry becomes an overflow of your heart. And guess what happens when you practice the Sabbath? It affects your entire work week because it transforms you, it transforms you, man, a devoted follower of Jesus that continually abides in Christ, his work and his rest is a powerful witness. So God tells Moses in Exodus 31 and the people You need to do this great work, but you also need to rest. What a beautiful balance. What a beautiful balance. Last thing I'd say about this principle of Sabbath, especially with all the books and all the teaching and how important it is and people are talking about it. Work and rest are great gifts, but they are horrible, horrible saviors. Work and rest are great gifts, but they are horrible saviors. We can't idolize the thing of the Sabbath. Like that's the great kicker. That's the thing that's going to bring everything into completion. No, it's pointing us to Jesus. Our identity, our value, our rest is in Jesus alone and only he can fulfill us. So Sabbath is not just a day off. You need to go to God in your Sabbath day, in your time, 24 hours of stopping work. You are still a Christian on your Sabbath. You still rest in him. No amount of accomplishment i.e. work and no amount of pleasure i.e. rest can satisfy us work and rest what we do as church leaders can actually become idols these good things can be god things and they can crush us if we put our hope and our identity in them listen do i always practice the sabbath no sometimes emergency happens Sometimes I do work on a Monday. Sometimes I get consumed. I have good Sabbaths and bad Sabbaths, but you know what? It's by God's grace. I find my love and sustainability in him and his favor, not in my own efforts. 
God is the only one that can truly satisfy and he wants us to enjoy his grace as we work and as we rest and not make them idols. Listen to Psalm 145, 16 through 19. It says, you open your hand, you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him in truth, and he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Let's remember this truth once again and turn to the Lord as we look to him over and over again, not just on every seventh day, but daily is Jesus our rest. Let's remember that practicing the Sabbath is an act of worship and we get to worship Jesus. This is so important. Are you practicing the Sabbath? I know that you're working, you're busy, you're watching a, a podcast and a video about uh, how, how to be an effective, uh, more uh, equipped leader. You want to be used for God's kingdom, but listen, church leader, don't forget there's a balance. There's work and there's rest. Even in the commandment of the Sabbath, it does say work six days, but on the seventh day, rest. Because God wants you to know that he is God in all that you do. And you know what? He's a good God in all that we do. So practice the Sabbath. It's so important for your soul and you won't regret it. I want to continue this thought conversation uh, with a one piece of advice video by my guy, Markin Ballman. He's a elder at Gospel Fellowship. And I just asked people, what's the one piece of advice? And he talked about longevity. I think for me, one of the things that's been very helpful in longevity ministry is just resting in Christ. And he talks about this. And so I want to show you a one piece of advice video by him. And then I'm going to dig deeper into the importance of rest with him. If there's a little snippet from a Patreon interview that I did with him. Again, Patreon is a community where I give extra bonus content, long form interviews, um, like I preview on this podcast. And so way to support and get this content out to more people for free and resources. Uh, I am bivocational, so it does help the ministry grow and flow. And so if you want to support this ministry, this is a blessing to you, man, I would ask for you to as little as $5 a month, support the ministry. And if we even had 1% of people that are listening support, uh, man, that would be a huge, significant impactful thing for God's kingdom and for me to continue to give these type of resources away to you. And so Markham Volan, uh, Volmi, uh, he wrote a book on trauma as a psychiatrist. He's an elder. He's a leader in our area. He's going to give this one piece of advice and then we're going to go into, uh, an interview with him and I'll talk to you after these short segment videos. Hey everybody, how you doing? My name is Mark Involmi. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm also one of the elders at Gospel Fellowship Church, which I get a privilege to serve at with so many faithful brothers. Uh, one piece of advice I would give to church leaders uh, is that this journey in pastoral ministry is not a sprint, but it's a marathon, right? And I think one of the ways Jesus reminds us that it's a marathon is by the relational issues that continue to come up in his church. So if you're feeling the, the anxieties and the depression of everything you're grappling with, I think Jesus is reminding you that do not leave these issues um, in your hands, in your lap as the resource, but give them back to the source. 
which is Christ, because remember, Christ is the one in Ephesians 5 who talks about how he wants to sanctify his bride, the church. And we feel the way to ministry when we tell Christ, get out the way, let me sanctify this person. Let me deal with this marriage. Let me deal with this youth group. And then we start to feel the weight and burden of ministry. Because even from a healthy context, ministry is already, is already burdensome. Give it back to the originator of who said in the beginning, I'm going to sanctify my bride, which is Jesus. So there needs to be this constant dependency. God, this is overwhelming. You call me to minister to your bride and it's not my church, it's your church. And I'm feeling the weight of it right now. So I'm, and you're reminding me because you're so loving and gracious to not keep it to myself, but to give it back to you. So here you go, Lord, deal with your bride. Here you go, Lord, deal with our finances. Here you go, Lord, deal with my marriage as I deal with these marriages. So there's this constant dependency and, needed, and neediness on God. And also, as you're doing that, make sure that you're at a place of health by dealing with your mental health, pausing, reflecting, and resting, and also having other like-minded brothers around you and sisters who can encourage you and remind you, you know what, Pastor so-and-so, it's supposed to be heavy. The weight of ministry is supposed to be burdensome because it's a heavy, it's a heavy calling. You know, this is, not, this is not for everyone. That's why you have to be called. You just can't randomly sign up and say, I'm here for ministry. It's going to be a long, arduous journey, but God gives grace. He helps us to heal communally. He reminds us of his word. He reminds us that his spirit is with us. So as he's reminding you of all this, make sure you're healthy physically, emotionally, and mentally. So there shouldn't be the shame and stigma to address your mental health because as you do, it'll form stronger single ministries, it'll form stronger marriages, and it'll, it'll cause a healthier version of you to, be more, to show up for your ministry, for your family, for your kids, for your spouse, and also just for you to enjoy the, the fun things in life with your family. And I'll leave you with this last quote by Rick Warren. When he talked about his rhythm of rest, he says, abandon annually, withdraw weekly, and and I think the other one was uh, um, with, uh, I can't remember it, but I divert daily. That's it. Abandon annually, withdraw weekly and divert daily. Abandon annually means once a year I'm shutting everything down for about two weeks. Uh, and then withdraw weekly means once a week I'm shutting everything down for at least 24 hours. And divert daily means every day I have to find a little five to 15 minute window to just Put everything on pause, whether that's pulling up to my driveway hit and just sitting in the quiet of my car to just rest, drive home with no music on and just sitting in the stillness to hear the voice of God, hear what he wants me to say so that he could recharge me, refuel me for what I have to engage in with my family in the remainder of my day and to refill me from that emptiness of how ministry will drain you because it is a machine that will continue with or without you. So make sure that you're taking soul care for yourself and also for your body. And y'all be blessed. That's all I have for you today. All right, everyone, we are here for another Patreon interview behind the scenes and really just fellowshipping with God, how God has connected me with amazing leaders in our community and uh, worldwide, nationwide. I mean, this is Mark and Volney, people, okay? This is uh, a man of God. He serves at Gospel Fellowship as an elder, but he's also a mental health therapist. And we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about the launch of your book. We're going to just yes. talk about 
whatever the spirit leads today, uh, you read to me a little post. But bust out your phone real oh, quick. Oh, man. Come on. Come Look on. Let's this. get this wisdom. I was just thinking this. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny, so, you all in my notes. Okay. Uh-huh. So he just posted this on social media. I want you to read it for us. Uh, just this importance of mental health and even rest, because I think uh, leaders are very type A, always go, go, go. I'm going to rest in heaven. But Christ is our our Sabbath rest. We rest oh, in yes. him working yeah. through the spirit, by the spirit and his word. Um, but we also need the Lord to work in us. And if we just keep on working for the Lord, we forget about the Lord sometimes. Yes. Yes. Um, so just read a little bit about that, that post about rest, mental heal- illness. I think it would minister to church leaders and maybe just give a little comment on that as well. Yes. And before I even read this, I just want to quickly speak to church leaders that um, our culture has tr- ingrained in us so much that um, we're, we're approved, we're validated, we're loved based off our ability to perform. Yeah, and the yeah. gospel was constantly pushing back against that and saying, um, you, you can fully, you can fully rest in, in what Jesus has done, not based off of your merits, your efforts, your achievements, your resume. And we have to continue to rehearse that because everything in our culture is telling us, no, it's based off our own sweat equity. But the cross said, no, it's based off of Christ's sweat equity. So we yeah. have to continue to rehearse that, the fight against the knee to work, 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 work. But anyways, this is a great segue. I put I posted this today where I said, rest is a concept that many of us dismiss as something that we can get to later. To rest mentally or physically is not laziness. Rest is an active part of your self-care. Guilt will cause you to look at rest um, as being unproductive. Uh, If you're working through trauma, you'll need to slow down in order to better notice what your body's trying to communicate to you and what's hindering you from being present in the moment. I want you to reframe your perspective on rest from getting to it when you're done with everything to actively choosing to stop what you're doing. For many, this will be difficult and awkward at first, but I hope in time you'll see it as one of the the healthiest ways to start showing up for yourself and your family. They will get a better version of you, one that's rested, focused, and passionate about quieting the internal disturbances that have been robbing you of precious moments. Come on, preach, man, (laughs) preach. So let me ask you this. Why would you post that on your social media or something like that in the context of the importance of rest? Uh, why is that a bit a value or something that you would even share? Well, first of all, it's a it's a value to me because I have to remember that um uh before God I'm not I'm not this mental health therapist. He doesn't care about my credentials, my gifts. If anything, he gave it to me, you know. But he cares first and foremost about me as a son, like his baby boy. And how are we connecting? Where am I at in my marriage? Where am I at in my in my areas of character and integrity? Where am I at as a father with my kids? And um, I I think rest is a reminder of my humanity and my um, limitations yeah, yeah. and you know like when god rested on the seventh day after creation he didn't do it because he like Whew, i'm tired no he was modeling for us what we should model and that's why we got the sabbath not from a place of like where he's like oh uh you ate you ate a cookie on the sabbath you're going to hell not from that standpoint of where he's going to judge you but from the standpoint of he's freely given us this, this gift that reminds us of our dependency on him of him and I believe as believers, that should be our posture until Jesus comes back for his bride, yeah. which is a constant posture of, Lord, I'm choosing to turn everything off right now, not only because I'm tired, but I'm trying to purposely make room um, 
to spend time with you. You know, it's almost like a tithing of our time where yeah. it's saying, you know what? I've done enough for this many days. I'm going to turn everything off at this time because I'm believing that God will do exponential and flex really big in my life uh, with with my little effort. At, and, and then I'm trusting the rest with him. And it's just a constant reminder for me because the way my mind races, ah, I'm resting right now. I could be doing A, B, C, D. And the father is saying, you know what, Mark, and if you drop dead today, that'll be done, get done by someone else. You're, you're easily expendable. So please value your rest for your mental sake and also physically as well. Yeah. yeah it's a humbling thing, but God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yes. You know, he, you know, what did he do on the sixth day? They said, go gather that bread and you'll get double yeah. so you can rest. And oftentimes, and there's been studies shown that if you work 70, 80 hours, you're actually not as productive. You would get less productive if you were to just work the 50 or the 40 hours. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. God knows these rhythms and seasons and things about us that we need to take heed. His yeah. wisdom. Absolutely. You know, and if you don't, be and if you don't believe me, just look at Chick-fil-A. They're open six days a week. But they're the number one chicken <laughs> restaurant out there, and they and they trust in God with that one day off on Sunday, as opposed to these other establishments that are open twenty four seven. You know, it's a faith based company, and they value rest for their employees. Yeah, yeah. and it's no different than how leaders should be given and being yeah. generous, tithing, and how the first fruits. And like, yes, it's always yes. going to be an act of trust, an act of faith. I know for some y'all, y'all are like that. That's no, that doesn't take any faith from me. I want three days off. You know, I want to take a nap, <laughs> but for most of us, uh, especially for me, I mean, I remember taking my first sabbatical mm -hmm. and that was really even harder mm -hmm. to stop. Uh, what are people going to think? How is that going to be this and that and the other? And one of my, the spiritual disciplines I had to learn is like just silence and solitude. Wow. I'm a preacher. I talk a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm during my sabbatical, um, I didn't listen or hear. I didn't read any books. I'm a big reader. Mm -hmm. Just read through the entire Bible, studied it, wanted to hear God's voice. And mm -hmm. then what I did is uh, I actually took a 24 hour silent retreat. Wow. Went to a monastery. <laughs> you know, I just also go wow. like, wow, you went, you yeah. took it in depth. I yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was like, but that's the thing is like, what, 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 where do you need to grow out as a leader? Don't put that on like everyone's Sabbath is different. And I just wanted to continue to grow, continue to press in. And I just thought, okay, uh, I need to stop. I need to rest. So other people, they're fine. They take their rhythms differently, mm -hmm. but it's so cool that God actually works with us in our rhythms, yes. in our humanity. And man, in our weakness, he is strong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And our, and yeah. I was just thinking about mental health. Like how have you seen God and his spirit do incredible work in people's lives as they've acknowledged crap? I got a problem. Like my mental health, like my brain ain't right. Absolutely. But even before I get into that, I, I want to talk how rest is such a powerful healing component to where when we, you know, one of the trauma responses of many people uh, that I've interacted with is busyness. Mm. If I stay super busy, I don't have to think about everything, all the chaos up here. Right. Yes. But when we become the, when we begin to slow down, it's so overwhelming. We get these flood of thoughts. Some people can't even sleep. But the power of rest being still quiet time is that um, it's awkward at first, but if you make it a discipline, a daily practice, you actually start to notice that your level of anxiety and depression starts to almost 
simmer a little bit to where you're turning that volume knob down mm. I, everyone is different it'll look different for everyone but you'll have a greater sense of being present in the moment uh, I love what you said earlier you can hear God better when you you were able to hear God better when you took your sabbatical you know I per, per, personally believe when we take moments to rest and to be still uh, we we all hear God better you know yeah. we all hear what the father wants us to tell wants to say to us I encourage rest not from a, a physical standpoint in with my clients as a mental health therapist but also an opportunity to pay attention to almost like the body is speaking to us you know as a trauma therapist i teach how many individuals do not pay attention to their body mm. you know if we feel a pain we feel an ache um we'll rather try to avoid it try to do something to numb that or to get rid of it but could it be that our body's trying to communicate something to us like that heart that's palpitating and beating really fast it, yes anxiety but where's that coming from that tightness in the back that fidgety leg you know all of these things are trying to tell us that Hey, pay attention to the rhythms in your life. Pay attention to your dieting, your sleeping, your community, like um, your connection with God. All of that is in, all of that is interwoven into the mental health things that you're grappling with today. So um, I I'm not trying to get too in depth with it, but rest has a great way of giving us that attention of putting that attention on. What, all the things that we need to surrender to the Lord. Yeah, right. one one great mm -hmm. book is by a guy named John Mark Comer. It's called he. It's the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I read that book. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, yes. uh, solid. And even in, in a, there's another one by Wayne. Oh, maybe I'll put it in the notes. Uh, Grudem. Wayne, not Grudem. That's okay. the skull. But Wayne okay. Cadero, um, basically uh, serving even when you're burnt out. And, and he get that's a really technical book or not a more testimonial book, but he did discuss some research. And I remember reading about how your body stores up adrenaline glands. Yes. As preachers, you may all not know this, but we get a lot of adrenaline in our, in our body when we go before hundreds of people and mm -hmm. stare, right? So the Holy Spirit's even just flowing through, working through, and there's adrenaline process mm -hmm. and actually it builds up, builds up, builds up. And just like how the land had a rest every seven years, mm -hmm. your body actually stores that up. And there's actually a physiological reset that needs to happen if you're mm -hmm. a public A type speaker mm -hmm. that you'll actually, re when you rest, it actually is a healing process for your body. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so I know sometimes, like John Mark Comer, a lot of, I listen to a lot of his podcasts. Some people are like, you know, um, He's always like, sometimes every, everyone always spiritualizes like pray. No, the first thing you probably do is just take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Right, like, he's right. Like you probably heard this like halt, never make a decision like halt if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Ah, that's right. That's like golden. just halt. That's just golden. Yes. Like, are, are you hungry? Like should eat some food, take a nap. <laughs> uh, are you lonely? Are you depressed? Like you do some stupid stuff when you're, so just wait a minute. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. Sleep on it. Yeah, and it'll be make a world of difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, big shout out to Mark and Volley. Man, it was really great to be able to sit down with him. That was actually just a snippet of the full interview that I had for my Patreon community. I'll be releasing that in a few weeks uh, because I plan to do an episode on mental health and want to give you more previews of that interview, more content from another um, licensed therapist and just ministry leader, Christian Torres. Uh, really looking forward to talking more about trauma, mental health, and just big shout out and congratulations to Markin. Uh, he wrote his very first book. Uh, it's called Trauma Stories. Little, little, little dad, little shout out for, for my boy right there. Uh, Trauma Stories, Discovering Strength Through Vulnerabilities. Pick your copy up today. 
Barnes and Noble, Amazon, his website, of course. Uh, just love being able to glean wisdom. We're actually going to be doing a church event where we're doing God and trauma. What does God say about trauma? How do we deal with it? And just exciting stuff. And I think it's really important where we talk about our soul. You know, Jesus wants to give rest to our soul. And he's given us this command of Sabbath, this practice of Sabbath, right? Uh, not that we're slave to do a Sabbath, but the Sabbath was actually meant for us. And so it's going to look different depending on how you delight in grace. And what I want to do is just give you a framework and give you some tips and advice on just uh, how to practice the Sabbath. Where do you start and how do you prepare? And so uh, because of the stuff that I do and all the videos that I do, I actually recorded this, had too much for an episode, and I'm deciding now to release it as we're talking about the Sabbath. So it's a double dose leadership lesson for me. I hope I'm not talking too much, but here's just some practical tips uh, for us to abide in Christ as we practice the Sabbath. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Well, that was such a good reminder, right? To abide in Christ. And one of the ways that we do this regularly, I believe, especially as Christians, as church leaders, as those that follow scripture, is practicing the Sabbath. It's a spiritual discipline to get us to Christ, uh, to pull, put into our lives as a discipline to make time and space and room uh, for fellowship with the Lord. A 24-hour block of time where I, I stop work, I get rest, I delight in God's grace, and I worship God. It's so important for us as leaders to practice Sabbath. Uh, and I think as leaders, we need to make sure that we're making space for Christ in our lives, uh, that we're not just doing, 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 but we're receiving from Him, not because we have to, but because we get to. That's how we should have this mindset of the Sabbath. Uh, not that we have to do it, but we get to do it. Uh, and as God's grace is given to us, we can delight in him and lighten the things he's given us and to make sure that we're abiding and taking time to rest in him. And so some people may be surprised that for leaders, it actually takes a lot of work to stop work, right? Because we love work. Uh, to actually practice a Sabbath day where we're stopping working is very hard for I know many of you, especially uh, because you love the work, you love the people. And uh, today I want to just talk to you a little bit about um, practicing the Sabbath and taking the work to rest, taking the work to rest. I want to give you two practical tips uh, to having a restful, a restful Sabbath that I have implemented and I use in my own life. And so as a church, we recently have been studying through the book of Exodus and we were looking at how God provided bread from heaven. They called, it's called manna. And then we looked at how God gave his people a Sabbath day of rest. Now, both of these things, manna and Sabbath, are to be really pointers to Christ, to Jesus and how he satisfy and how God gives provision for us to have the ultimate rest by his grace. I think that if we're going to practice the Sabbath today, we need to be seeking Jesus during our day off or our Sabbath, our rest, because it's more than just a day off. We need to look to Christ in our Sabbath, uh, but it does take work. It does take work to focus on Jesus. And um, I want you to understand biblically what a Sabbath is and uh, to be able to help you practice this thing because I think if we want to abide in Christ and bear much fruit, we have to spend time with Christ to know him, to understand him. And it's an opportunity. The Sabbath is to worship Jesus, to spend time reorienting our hearts on God. Uh, and it's a different mindset than just a day off. You can take a day off 
and try with your own effort to get rest. But the Sabbath is going to Christ in that, looking to him. Hebrews 4.11 says this, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may... Um, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Uh, the Bible talks about we need to strive in to rest. We need to work to rest. It's a, it's a crazy thing, but it's important. The writer of Hebrews uh, just says that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God today. And we need to strive to enter into that. So what does that mean? It means that we need to work to worship, to find time to spend with Christ. It's time to find time to spend with Jesus. We must trust him and go to him for rest. Um, no, not just binge watching TV on Netflix uh, or taking tons of naps, not just taking a day off. No, there needs to be things in our life where we purposely, intentionally spend time with God. Now, these things aren't bad, taking a nap, watching TV. We need that rest sometimes physically, but there's something more to a Sabbath. We need rest not only physically, but for our souls. And only Christ can give us that rest. And this should be no surprise that it takes effort for us as church leaders. As we uh, are so busy, as we're going a thousand miles a minute, to actually stop, we see is important. Because in Exodus 16, God gave them the Sabbath to test them if they would worship. Let me just ask you real quick a question. Are you worshiping God weekly, daily, moment by moment? What does that look like for you? Have you thought about that as a church leader? Because oftentimes when we go on a Sunday or in the weekend, man, that that's a different type of worship. We're working and worshiping, right? Our work is unto the Lord as worship. But what about your rest? Can you rest unto the Lord as worship as well? Can you trust that he's sovereign, that he's good, that he doesn't need you, but he wants you? Now, what's interesting is when I was teaching through Exodus 16, a lady at our church who's Jewish came up to me and said, hey, the Hebrew word for worship is actually the same word as work. Uh, and what that means is it takes work to worship and worship can be work. Uh, don't let that scare you, but actually motivate you because as you work to look to Jesus for rest, you'll actually be rewarded for that. Uh, you can actually strive to enter into rest and go to him. And so I want to give you two practical tips to be able to, uh, that I've implemented, uh, to be able to have a restful Sabbath. And that the first thing I think is to prepare. You, you got to prepare for your Sabbath day. Mark it on your calendar, write it down, get it in your schedule. Just like the Israelites prepared and gathered to get double portion of manna uh, on the sixth day, sometimes I feel like we as church leaders need to prepare and spend a little extra time working on the front end so we can actually find rest. Uh, oftentimes I have to do some practical things like planning out my calendar to have a, sab a Sabbath rest, running my errands on a different day uh, than actually running my errands on my Sabbath day, letting people know. Uh, it took a long time, but to let people know on my email or on my voicemail, hey, I don't check my phone on my Sabbath day, on my on Mondays. Um, even planning things that fill my cup. Hey, what would something that would benefit me? Uh, maybe I need to make reservations for dinner with my wife or uh, plan a certain meal during the week so I can find enjoyment on the Sabbath. How can you prepare? Uh, because I think it's really important for us to prepare. Now, I find it helpful not only to prepare, but to prepare for what? Uh, the biggest thing I think having a tip for me that has helped me is having a framework of what the Sabbath is so I can plan accordingly, right? If I don't, if I'm 
sort of foggy in the clarification of what a Sabbath day is, then I'm not going to plan accordingly. If I think it's just a day off, then it's going to be different than just spending time with Christ. If it's, hey, I want to spend time with God and be refreshed, I'm going to read more of the word. I may maybe buy a book to prepare and study and focus on that for my Sabbath day. I love Pete Scazzaro's definition and framework um, to uh, the Sabbath. And I've mentally adopted this tool for me as I prepared and practiced the Sabbath. He says, Sabbath is a 24 hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight and contemplate God. Now to stop, to rest, to delight and to worship. Those are the things that have helped me having not only preparation, but a framework is super important that has helped me enter into rest and have good Sabbath days. I use this framework to enter into rest every Sabbath, every seventh day. And for me, my practice, my Sabbath on a Monday. And so let me give you some examples and questions to help you with this framework so you can prepare and so that you can take this framework and apply it to your life. The number one thing is uh, for the Sabbath is you got to stop working. So on Mondays, I stop work. And for me, this is hard. It does take a lot of discipline. Uh, I don't use my computer um, or check my email. And I try not even to look at my phone or social media much on Mondays because those things are typical uh, work oriented or related to. And I'm on those things all the time. And so I want to I want to stop from that practice on my Sabbath and not work on that day. You know, I'm a pastor, so shepherding and pouring into people is a part of my work and I love it, but I usually don't spend time with other people from the church on my Sabbath day. And not because I don't like them, because it's too hard for me to talk about, to not talk about issues of their life or to not talk about things at the church. In fact, me and my wife, Laura, have a rule that on Mondays, we usually don't talk about church stuff. Uh, it's just a simple rule. Hey, hey, can you, that's a great question. Can you talk to me about that tomorrow? And we could discuss it. But on my Sabbath, I want to stop work. And a lot of that is mentally just trying for me to click off and not be distracted. And so the idea is, what is work to you? Have you asked that question? What is work? What fills your cup? What is enjoyable? Um, you need to stop work on the Sabbath. And so I, ha I have to define what work is, then I have to stop doing that on my Sabbath day. And that gives me some holy time or space to mentally shut off and stop work. Because a lot of my work is mental. For you, it may just be, uh, man, I just don't clock in that day or uh, I'm, I don't have to do this type of work at the office. That's great. I usually don't visit my office on Mondays, on my Sabbath, because I have to stop work, but it's more than just not going to the office. I have to mentally turn stuff off. The second part of this framework is to rest. So I need to stop work, but I also want to rest. Uh, yes, our bodies physically need rest. And so I try to sleep in Usually on Monday, my wife is so gracious, she'll take the kids to work. I will sleep in. Um, and that's an important part of my process. Um, I try to get extra sleep, and whether if I don't even sleep in, or maybe I'll take a nap during that day. Um, but I try to engage my body in restful things. And actually, I work out longer on my Sabbath. I go to the gym longer. I know that on Sunday, there's a lot of adrenaline, energy, um, and just things as I'm preaching and serving and working all day. And so I want to be able to on Monday, uh, go in and do an extra workout. So that way, um, it gives my body that type of energy that it needs, those endorphins and things like that. I just enjoy the fruit of working out and it actually provides a lot of physical, uh, fruit and 
blessing from that. And so for you, the question I have in this framework for rest is what gives you rest? Uh, What does it mean to rest to you? Let me give you an example. Maybe for you, you don't cook on your Sabbath day because it's just, you cook all the, all week long and it's work. So you just go to restaurants and go out. Or maybe for you, you do cook every Sabbath day because you just love cooking and you enjoy it. See, there are different types of rest. And for us to say, you need to do this and do that is not a good question. It's what does that rest look like for you? Uh, For me, I love going to the beach. I know that that fills my cup for my wife. She hates that. So she would not, she does not like going to the beach on the, on, on her Sabbath day. And so we tend to find rest in different ways. I tend to watch a lot more messages, read a lot more books on my Sabbath. Um, and so you need to ask that question, what does it mean to rest for you? So you need to stop work, you need to rest. But the third thing in this framework is you need to delight in God's grace. God's grace is constant. But oftentimes we get so busy, we don't appreciate it. We don't stop and smell the roses, right? Because we don't focus on it. And so the Sabbath is a time for you to delight in God's grace. What what acts of grace can you stop and pause and thank God for? And can you enjoy? You know, for me, uh, a big part of my life and the grace that God's given me is my wife, my family, my kids, uh, my friendships, relationships, my community. And so I want to implement those people in my life, those, um, you know, people and, and gifts that God has given me, uh, taking my wife on Monday afternoon dates, um, remembering um, his creation and going on walks, uh, playing video games with my kids during my Sabbath. I mean, what fills your cup? What do you delight in? What is something that God has given you by his grace that you can take and you can find fulfillment and joy in? Um, like I said, I love going to the beach. My wife necessarily doesn't. She loves watching movies. And so, you know what? On a lot of Mondays, I'm watching a movie as well. Just sort of zoning out for me, not really thinking about too much. I love movies and story form as well, but it really serves my wife. And so, I want to be able to uh, enjoy time with her. And so we go watch movies. I think for me, food is a must on a Sabbath. Uh, having good food, entering into that. Oftentimes for me, um, which may be unusual for you, but I love mowing the lawn on my Sabbath day. Um, I'm a pastor, so uh, it's good for me to just zone out and listen to a podcast and just uh, get something accomplished. And I just, I don't know, I just enjoy being able to do that. I mow my own lawn. Um, It's a blessing to me. And so obviously that may not be a blessing to you. What's going to fill your cup? What are you uh, going to delight in? My weekly work um, isn't very physical, so I like doing physical things. um, And it's just fun for me. And so, um, There's nothing wrong uh, with being on your computer in the Sabbath, uh, being on your phone. Um, You got to ask that question. What delight? How do you delight in God's grace? It's important to understand and it helps you. And so stop work. Um, You need to stop work. You need to uh, rest, get some physical rest, right? Uh, Delight in God's grace. And then you want to worship. You want to contemplate God. You want to invite him into that space. Uh, what does it look like for you to worship? You know, this is so important and a part of aspect of the Sabbath day that you need to make sure because it's not just a day off and it's not just self-focus, right? Uh, For many Christians for centuries now, the seventh day has been the Sunday, the first day of the week rather than the last day of the week, the typical Saturday, Friday to Saturday, Shabbat, right? That the Jewish 
celebrate. We celebrate, uh, many Christians celebrate the Sabbath on the Sunday because they can uh, incorporate getting together with other believers, taking communion, worshiping, singing songs, listening to God's word. These are spiritual disciplines that they've incorporated on the seventh day, every seventh day to seek Jesus in community. But as a church leader, that may be work for you. So how do you involve community, spiritual disciplines, practices on your Sabbath? How do you worship? Going on long prayer walks, going on retreats, going listening to messages, reading books. Um, There are so many ways we can worship God, but what are the spiritual disciplines you need to take on your Sabbath to really fill your cup? And so, um, man, I would just tell you, listen to how you experience God and do it, whether it's worship music, writing music, um, reading the Bible extra, uh, center your day around God and spending time with him. And that's going to look different because there's many different practices that we can do uh, for that accomplishment. But it's a, it's, um, you know, it's not the means, it's the gain. We don't do spiritual disciplines just to do them, to check the box off, but we do them to get to God. What gets you to God? Uh, don't forget to incorporate him. And so how do you worship? How can you use the Sabbath to practice worship? And so these this framework helps me prepare. Remember, two tips, to prepare and to have a framework, um, to stop work, to get some rest, to delight in God's great, to worship Jesus. This is a good Sabbath for me. And so I, I hope um, this isn't a, legal, a legalistic thing. I'm just trying to give you some tips and pointers on the Sabbath, because we know Jesus said Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. And so I found that finding a framework helps me prepare to plan better and actually implement a Sabbath. And I hope that these tips helped you. Well, along with practicing Sabbaths, right now, sabbaticals are very popular. Uh, They're important to talk about. The Bible says that the people of God were to wrestle in every seven years, and there was a spiritual principle of um, uh, sowing and working and resting, and it goes uh, so much deeper and so much greater. And I wanted to give a little um, preview of a Patreon interview that I did, and I am releasing this week of Esteban Valenzuela. Now, we he's a church planner missionary in Madrid, Spain. He shared uh, on the podcast before, but he recently just got back from his sabbatical and uh, when he was going back to the states he flew through miami we got to hang out for 24 hours and in that time we had good greek food we hung out but i was able to just set up my camera and ask him a couple of questions hey what did you learn and so he really just shares uh, about what he did how did he plan it what made the lord like what caused him to even go on a sabbatical uh, what the lord taught him how did it benefit his family his wife what is he looking uh, forward to what would he tell us if we want to practice more of a, a sabbatical rest and not just a one day sabbath and so it's a really great interview you could find that on patreon but the high thing i want to highlight for this episode is no matter if it's a sabbath or a sabbatical, people are always surprised when I tell them it takes faith to practice this, right? Uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. And for us type A leaders to actually stop work is very hard. Uh, it's very hard to practice. There's so many distractions. And I wanted to give you little snippets of his interview about the sabbatical because, um, man, 
he just it took faith to, to practice the sabbatical and he, there's some couple of important lessons i think we could learn even though it's a sabbatical this still applies to the sabbath and our practice of that and for many of you uh, maybe you're thinking about taking your sabbatical we've coached a few people in that process i have many more books on that as well um, i'm going to save that episode uh, or that content for another episode because uh, even me i wanted to, i took my first sabbatical um for Redemption Church, uh, and the plan was every seven years to take it. Uh, we there was a little hiccup. It was called 2020, and so the world wasn't traveling. Um, there was I didn't feel it was right to leave in an emergency in a crisis. But my wife and I, our family, we took a sabbatical rest, a three month sabbatical. Um, at year eight, and it was a prepped, planned, intentional sabbatical. We wanted to take a sabbatical so we wouldn't have to take a sabbatical it was so incredible have many lessons learned from that i can't wait to share those things with you but to sort of uh cherry on top our conversation about the sabbath rest i wanted to just interview and share a little bit of this interview patreon interview with esteban just some important lessons he learned and how it takes faith because after a whole episode you may be thinking man i'm just gonna do it and start my rhythm and yeah i'm, I'm gonna practice the sabbath it just takes faith. And I think God will honor your faith as you rest in him and as you seek him intentionally every seven days. And even if you're taking that sabbatical step of faith, man, God's going to meet you in that. And so uh, check out this interview as we finish up our episode. That's about a 10 minute interview. And then I'll come back at the very end just with some final thoughts. So let, let me ask you this. How was taking a sabbatical faith for you? Because I think a lot of people like that. Oh, I just wish I had two months, three months, five months. Oh, it's just amazing. Just vacation. Um, how for you as a type A leader doing all this stuff, responsibility, how is it faith to actually stop, rest, be renewed and trust God in that? Hmm. Well, I look at it sitting from where I was sitting when I first started the journey. I thought, well, financially and then uh, with somebody teaching at the church. Uh, you know, my assistant pastor, who's one of the coolest guys I've ever met, you know, he's, will, you know, willing to serve the Lord in any way he can. But um, he also works a job, you know, remotely and um, he, you know, he's, he works full time. And so I knew, I knew right away that I couldn't just like, here, you take it and I'll be back in four months. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I just, you know, was praying and I thought, okay, God, if, if you want this to happen you're gonna to have to provide some people and I, I there was just no question in my mind that that had to happen and uh looking back on it uh, i never really realized that like there was just kind of no yeah no questions about it i knew that at least july and august had to be filled by somebody else you know so we began to pray and um the financial aspect also was going to be a step of faith because uh we don't have the money to you know just travel and and, and visit places um and visit family but the other aspect of it was um not working just like stop you know like just let the church put it in the hands of the people that god has put before you prayerfully you know what i mean and, and do all the things in, in a wise way yeah um but then just stop and disconnect and and rest from it and so that was a, a big step of faith all of these things were a big step of faith and um not doing work when I came to the States. I had some opportunities to connect with churches and, um, you know, it was a great thing, but I had to really just say, no, like I have to rest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so what, what is the difference between like, for example, last time you were here, we, uh, 
you flew in, you spoke at the church, we did a missions conference, we went to a church planning conference together, we had fellowship. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Amazing, but full of ministry. How is that different than a sabbatical or coming to the States when you're not the guy in charge, when you're just going to a church service? Like, what's the difference between when you visit as a missionary on a furlough trip or coming to a missions conference or updating a church compared to like what you did on your sabbatical? What are, what are the differences there? Mm. Like practically, even during the week. Yeah. Well, not really having any phone calls or texts about weekly ministry is a huge, huge difference. You know what I mean? And um, just the complete disconnect there and having the chance to be with my family, you know, just to to be us and to be hanging out, planning our lives really around the family and just connecting with other people. You know, those are probably some of the bigger, you know, more obvious things it's just yeah the the disconnection from the ministry and always thinking about it and always being connected to it and having to make decisions Mm -hmm. and things like that just what wisdom or advice would you give to other people that are just contemplating a sabbatical and just from your experience yeah yeah i mean it's going to be different for every person because personalities are different you know some people like control freaks and you know we're all a bunch of messed up people and god calls us into ministry and (laughs) uses us all you know what i mean so it's going to be different from person to person, you know, the 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 experience itself, I think, of, of taking a sabbatical, you know, obviously uh, marriage, uh, family dynamics, you know, might, might ha- surely will have an impact on that as well. But, you know, Wednesday nights before we left, Wednesday nights, Bible study was like the hardest night of the week for me, always. I'm like ADHD. And I'm like pushing everything back to the last minute. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just rough, rough and difficult. But going, we went, I went through the book of Isaiah like the, the last year. It took me a while. And then uh, we started going through uh, Exodus right before we left. And although these, these nights were the most difficult for me to prepare for and to actually get there and to like deliver the sermon these times of being in God's word have been the most fruitful for me. And I don't know why God allowed it to be this way. You know what I mean? But they have been the most fruitful. And it has been those things in, in, in these books that I've read that have just fed my soul and just given me faith and this perspective that God is huge. And I mean, we say these things, right? But when the Holy Spirit yeah. and the word of God do it in, in you, it like it's something that you take with you and it stays with you. you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And... Um, one of those things was just seeing how God sees the end from the beginning, right? And how he's telling people, I mean, it's almost like in Isaiah, like he's in one sentence, he's speaking about the past, present, and the future, all in one, in, in one, you know, uh, verse. Um, but Exodus, Exodus and um, the, the manna that he provides and the Sabbath that he calls them to rest, it brought me to looking at the that year of, of letting the land rest. You know what I mean? And I just realized that um, it's not just a command, oh, do it. Do it because I've told you to do it and it's good for the land. No, it's the whole entire word of God. God is like presenting himself to his people, but to the world. Hey, I am right here and I'm inviting you into a relationship and you can know me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so it's not just obedience for the sake of obedience. It's relationship. And then, okay, you can't see me, but I'm calling you to trust me, you know, and, and, and it's a radical thing that God calls us because we're always dealing in the physical world. Mm-hmm. And he's telling us, look, 
you can't see me and there's a spiritual realm and I'm calling you to to live by faith and to trust me and so you know those things have just been impacting me and and the letting the land rest is one of those things that I just thought okay I need to do it right he called his people to do it and I as I looked upon that I realized this is this was going to take faith for Israel and obviously you know they didn't do it you know what I mean but it was going to take faith and God said he's going to provide a little more in the sixth year and then that is going to be enough for the seventh year and all the way to the to the they were going to plant more crops until those crops would produce a, a harvest and so here I am it's like God has just engaged me in this relationship of love you know and it's a command that I believe he was giving us and uh, it was all to be done through relationship and faith hmm. you know and I don't know if that answers your question but somebody's going through that and thinking they need to um, take a Sabbath well yeah if you need to do it do it you know what I mean um, prayerfully obviously but what can I go back to but the Word of God you know what I mean that just trust the Lord you know what I mean he's amazing and wonderful and powerful I mean he shows himself to have power over this tiniest little microscopic organism on the earth right I mean we see that with the manna it didn't spoil it's like God can just preserve it and that's no small thing right yeah. in this physical world and yet God's saying look I can do that and I can do that can you just walk with me and trust me you know just let the land rest man you know what I mean <laughs> just just leave it alone and and I believe that it was just always an invitation to to have relationship with the Lord, but that our hearts would swell with love and faith and, and being convinced that, man, he's going to take care of us. You know what I mean? That's what those greatest moments I think of, of reading the Old Testament and those difficult Wednesday nights was for me is that it would just cause my heart to swell with this, with this joy that impacted my other, the other parts of my life. You know what I mean? And it was just yeah, yeah. like, yes, Lord, like you're going to come through. And it became, it began to be not just a confidence, but this thing of being convinced mm -hmm. deep down inside. And that's like my new word is like, you know, I'm not just asking, I'm not encouraging people to, to have faith, but let your heart be convinced. Know God in such a way that you're convinced that he's going to come through as sure as the sun is going to come up or that water is going to come out of the faucet or whatever. You know what I mean? So, that's what I can give people who are thinking about going on, the, on a sabbatical is if God's calling you to do it, don't wait until you got to break the glass in case of emergency. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, marriage is so precious and my wife is the greatest ministry partner I could have. And so I don't want to like jeopardize us, you know what I mean? For, yeah. for ministry. And I want to walk by faith, you know what I mean? And so I think if, yeah, if, if you got to do it and you have a family and you have a ministry, do it. The last thing I'll say is this, is that, um, you know, I'm thankful for you and for everybody that's been a part of this journey, my parents and, you know, other people that, that have just invested in us in such cool ways, uh, pastors and, and churches. But somebody asked me, you know, well, how are you going back? Are you rested? And I said, yeah, I'm going back the same way that I, I came. And that's not to say that nothing's changed. That's not what I mean. I am rested, but I came out by faith. <laughs> I went on to the sabbatical by faith. But I am. I am also going back by faith because I don't have this like, you know, this, you know, this powerful revelation, this thing that I'm going back, you know, leading the charge. It's like I'm going back by faith, trusting that the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit and God's word is still the, his word and that he's going to give me, you know, sufficient grace every day. And I'm just stepping back into it by faith. And what I am happy about 
is that out of five of us, me, my wife, and our three kids, nobody's dreading to go back. No tears are being shed about, <laughs> no, I don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, Including me, you know what I mean? Like, my heart is open, and I'm, I'm actually excited. And so I'm going back by faith. Yeah, that's so sweet. Well, that was a full episode on the Sabbath. I know it could be exhausting because you feel like you need to work now, right? Listen, don't be anxious. Give it to the Lord. Let him guide you and how to fill your cup, how to be replenished, how to seek God. Uh, The most important thing is abiding in him. He gave the Sabbath to us as a gift. If he's called you to do a sabbatical, it's a gift. You're going to have to trust him no matter what. And so uh, I just want to bring up this topic because the more and more leaders I come across, there's a lot of burnout. They're weary. They're tired. And uh, Jesus invites us for our soul to be refreshed in him. He is our Sabbath rest. Uh, We can trust him. We can abide in him. We can stop work and trust that he's sovereign. We can delight in the grace that he's given us. We can rest our bodies. Uh, Man, we we can just enjoy the gifts that he's given us and give God our best in everything we do, whether we're working, whether we're resting, To him be the glory. And so uh, I hope this was a blessing to you. If you have more questions, comments, concerns, man, write in the comments. Reach out to me. My email is daniel at eeleaders.com. And I'd love to get your perspective, hear from you. And I hope that this was a blessing. And just to start, as I gave you 10 books, as I I have a lot more to say about Sabbaths and sabbaticals. Uh, Episode 16 was all about the Sabbath. And as our church was learning this through Exodus, another important reminder, I just wanted to give you guys a reminder. It's okay to take a day off. Uh, in fact, you may be listening. I listen to a lot of podcasts on my Sabbath day rest. You may be listening on the Sabbath, just being refreshed, getting full. Um, these things are so important, so vital. And so may the Lord bless you. May he fill you with living water, his spirit to be overflowing, gushing from your heart to other people. And may you trust in him and all his commandments as we obey him. He will bless us. And I love that he has grace for us. He wants to bless us. And he's given us this command out of love to rest in him and uh, just intentionally seek him. And so however that looks like for you, may the Lord bless you. May you seek him and may he uh, just shine his face upon you and pour out grace and favor towards you. God bless you guys. I'm praying for you and we'll see you on the next episode. 